to hell with your story and your spots, said Jeremy. She's perfect. Who cares if a woman draws a long bow? Let's go odd man out to see who takes her to dinner tomorrow night. Do you want to bet me I don't pull it off? Dine with her, Grim answered. But explain this first. Why did her friend not send servants for the police? Scared stiff, of course, Jeremy retorted. What Kyrene woman wouldn't be? Well, her servants wouldn't be, for they hadn't seen the Sikh. Why didn't they run for the police without her orders? Did she forbid them? If so, why? How do you know they didn't go for the police? Jeremy objected. It's obvious. The police would have come here, questioned the servants, and taken Naryang Singh away. But there's another point. While the horses were running away, they must have passed more than one policeman standing on duty. Why didn't the footman yell for help? Too busy trying to climb on the carriage roof? Jeremy suggested. Do you believe that? You saw the footman. The carriage was the same we came in, for the paint was off the wheels where they hit the curb when the horses bolted. I'm no athlete, but I could climb from that rear platform to the roof. I don't care how fast the thing was going. Hmm, yes. But the footman's a jippy. He was scared, objected Jeremy. She told a straight story, straight enough anyhow. There's a gentleman friend somewhere, I suppose. You can't expect her to drag him in. Tell me, if you can, why the gateman here didn't call the police. When the carriage stopped under the arch and Narayan Singh refused to go away, couldn't the gateman, the coachman and the footman, have kept one Sikh outside the gate until the police came? She didn't want to wake the neighbors, Jeremy remembered. Tut! Two more tuts, half a hundred tuts, Grim answered. You know Egypt as well as I do. There are only two things sacred in the whole country, graft and privacy. You can commit any social crime in Egypt as long as you don't trespass around the ladies' quarters after dark. If she had summoned the neighbors, they'd have had their servants kill Narayan Singh. His body would have been tossed into the Nile, and that would have been the end of the story. She knows that perfectly well. Now, answer another question. Do you believe that, drunk or sober, Narayan Singh would desert from the army, or pretend to desert, or imagine himself a deserter? He'd be much more likely to march up to Government House and accuse the High Commissioner of treason. Listen. The music that seemed to come downward from the roof, and might reasonably be supposed to come from the upper story of the next house, suddenly pealed louder for a moment, and just as suddenly grew quiet, as if someone had opened the door of a music room and closed it. It may have been thirty seconds before the door closed again, if that was the secret of the burst of sound. It left all three of us feeling strangely disturbed. I have felt the same sensation when tigers prowled close to a tent at night. When the amber beads rattled, even Jeremy gave a nervous start, although cool gall is his life blood. But it was only Zelmyra Polakis, back smiling and looking archly shy. I got the idea that she knew what Grimm had been saying— an idea, according to Heine the German poet, is any damn nonsense that comes into a man's head. However, you don't have to let people know everything that's in your thought. Grimm made a pretty good bluff at looking cordial. I followed suit, and Jeremy is always cordial to a good-looking woman. I am going to ask you to come with me, she said. She stood playing with the amber beads, stage acting. She would have held a breathless any audience that had paid for its seats, but you might say we were deadheads, a class that is notoriously supercritical. 
Now, you fellows who are never afraid of women, laugh if you like. As I got off the divan, I turned to hide the movement of my right hand, making sure that the automatic pistol wasn't caught in the pocket lining. The dead weight of it felt good. That's how much Zelmyra Pulakas had me hypnotized. Grim strode forward, and before he reached the curtain, I whispered to Jeremy to keep behind me with both eyes lifting. He was humming a tune to himself, and his careless mood annoyed me. I can't explain why I felt that way. Fear was ridiculous, as in the last analysis it always is, but I can close my eyes today and recall the sensation as vividly as if it had happened an hour ago. She led us almost completely around the house through a series of magnificently furnished rooms with polished floors that must have needed an army of servants to keep them in shape. Some of the rooms had cut glass electric chandeliers.